Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. Darth Vader riding a tricycle outside on a sunny day. We've got that story plus Japanese digital IDs. But first, Trudeau on the stand as Emergencies Act inquiry begins this week. And we grab it from some of the folks who are most on top of this story, TheCounterSignal.com. Prime Minister Canadian. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau will finally have to answer for his dictatorial use of the Emergencies Act, which he invoked to brutalize peaceful freedom convoy protesters opposed to his pandemic regime. Of course, we covered that pretty extensively here on New World Next Week. The Public Order Emergency Commission announced hearings would begin this week. First appearance scheduled for what is tomorrow to me, James, but already Thursday to you. Trudeau, along with his Liberal Party culprits, Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland, Transport Minister Omar Al-Gabra, Justice Minister David Lametti, and Public Safety Minister Marco Mendocino, are included in a list of 65 other witnesses to testify before the commission. During the six weeks of factual hearings, the commission intends to call more than 50 witnesses, including protest participants, representatives of law enforcement, officials from federal, provincial, and municipal governments, as well as individuals, businesses, and organizations impacted by the protests. So said the official press release. As first reported by the Counter Signal in April, Trudeau appointed longtime Liberal Party of Canada donor Justice Paul Rouleau to lead the investigation into his own government. Hey, buddy, will you investigate me? The Prime Minister invoked the law in February, marking the first time it's been used since former Canadian Prime Minister Brian Mulroney created the law to target his political enemies. It allowed the government to freeze the bank account, the the current use of it, allowed the government to freeze the bank accounts of anyone associated with the protest and even gave the RCMP powers to crack down on crypto wallets, as was exclusively reported by the counter signal. There are concerns, as we will probably have here in the New World Next Week kingdom, that the commission won't successfully hold Trudeau and his ministers responsible for their severe government overreach. However, it will allow the opposition party conservatives to grill cabinet members over their repeated false claims about the convoy and its supporters. And sometimes, James, that's the best we can hope for is to get their misdeeds on their own record and spoken about, you know, in in the courts, as it were. Yeah, exactly right. Agreed. Um, obviously, I don't think anyone is expecting this is going to bring down Trudeau and all of that, but some things can come out. So we have often speculated, okay, so if we're if we're living through the modern 9-11, what stage of that are we in? And it looks like we're hitting the stage of the cover-up inquiries and commissions. So it looks like we're into that phase of the ongoing PSYOP. And uh, it's not just Canada, as I'm sure people are noticing in the newswires these days. For example, the counter-signal is also reporting... European Public Prosecutor's Office investigating acquisition of COVID vaccine in EU. And uh, this just up from fee.org. Fauci claims he had nothing to do with school closures. His own statements suggest otherwise. So we're in the backing off, inquiries of commission, we're going to start to investigate this thing. Of course, we know what that means and where this is going, as you mentioned. And as I'll throw in another link just to underline the point, Trudeau appoints judge with Liberal Party ties to oversee inquiry into use of Emergencies Act from LifeSite News. So yeah, uh, tell me how far this is going to get. But having said that, do not dismiss this entirely. Do not throw out the baby with the bathwater because, yes, I do not think this will probably bring down the entire Trudeau government, but there will be facts that come out of this, um, documentable facts that are uh, that will 
utterly destroy the act, the narrative that they tried to paint back in February. Um, they just won't report on that in the mainstream, obviously, which is why we have to be the reporters on this. So, for example, we've already gotten some interesting tidbits out of this. Um, Blacklock's reporter is reporting on Canadian Security Intelligence Service internal documents that have uh, now come out that show that the CSIS... The Canadian Intelligence Service was uh, internally reporting protesters were not violent. They were not carrying Nazi flags and claims to the contrary are overblown. Um, we also know that the uh, they, they were saying that the Freedom Convoy was an organic and grassroots movement, not an operation launched by foreign actors fueled by foreign funding. This was internal Canadian government, Canadian Intelligence Service documents admitting this. Um, Parliament Hill security, not convoy protesters, blocked the truck relocation plan, noting that the plan between City of Ottawa officials and the Freedom Convoy to relocate trucks away from presidential areas was blocked, but not by the protesters. It was blocked by Parliamentary Protective Services. Um, that's coming out. Um, I, remember that bomb threat to CHEO because these horrible anarcho anarchic terrorists with their bouncy castles. Oh my God, they're they're threatening bombs now. Uh, oh, actually, it turns out that um, do you have any evidence the bomb threat against CHEO was connected to the convoy? To which the reply in the inquiry was no. Um, and the person also pointed out to elevated levels of 911 calls and all kinds of cranks calling in. So, again, these tidbits are starting to come out. We already knew this. Every single facet of the lie that was used to invoke the Emergencies Act for the first time since its introduction in 1988 was a lie. But now we're getting it on the record, um, which is important. So there are a number of sources that people can turn to that are following this, and I hope I'll be able to follow up with some of these sources um, in the future. But we've talked about the counter signal, obviously following this. Um, True North News has an entire dedicated page uh, to this. Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms at jccf.ca is actually participating in the Emergencies Act inquiry. Um, you have uh, reporters like Rupa uh, Subramaya, who um, interviewed Ava Chipyuk of JCCF. And she also, by the way, um, wrote a, a pretty important docu uh, document recently, or report. Court documents reveal that Canada's travel ban had no scientific basis. So a lot of this is coming out in drips and drabs, and there are truly bombshell things that are being brought out now. It's just, it will not be reported that way. The mainstream media is not going to put it in its proper perspective, but that's why we're here. And uh, hopefully I'll have more to say on this in the coming days and weeks. Wrists will be, they're going to be so slapped up there, James. Actually, I haven't had a chance to look at any of this coverage. And again, even as we're talking about it, it's already been going on for, for a little bit, right? Does this have these, or at least some of them, Canadian officials physically appearing to be questioned in a place? Yes, it is happening in Ottawa, and there's actual okay. people there. That makes that makes it more real. I wondered if this was kind of a citizen's commission and it didn't have real teeth, but this is a real deal thing being carried out by, by the folks. Interesting. That's really interesting stuff. And that is how we get going here on New World Next Week, episode 498. James, our second story here was one I was... Pretty curious to kind of put on the plate here for us to discuss. Japan will link health insurance and driver's licenses to a digital ID. 
The Japanese government has announced plans to integrate health insurance cards into the My Number digital ID infrastructure. The existing health insurance card system will be phased out by the fall of 2024. Integrating the health insurance cards into My Number will allow people to access health services via facial biometrics and make it easier for healthcare professionals to access a person's medical history. Wow, you're super sick. However, only 30% of medical institutions have have the gear, have my number readers, and only 20% of the population have registered for this in the first place for use with health insurance. The government plans to ensure all healthcare facilities have digital ID readers by April. By April 2023, it will also allow citizens enough time to register their health insurance cards with my number before doing away with the current system. Japan... Japan, Japan, there is quite the Japan. Japan also plans to integrate driver's licenses with my number by the end of March 2025. However, the current driver's license system will not be abolished. This kind of reminds me of, hey, don't, you know, we're not forcing you into this. We're just going to let the old completely useless. Other services that will be integrated with my number include vehicle registration fees, traffic fines, and passport applications. James. So uh, I, I think to put this in perspective, there several years ago, there was this big brouhaha about the Japanese pension system. And there was this scandal about the government losing people's records. And uh, oh, my God, you know, what are we going to do? We have all this antiquated old style system. So what we need is we need to integrate all this data and put it in digital form and bring it all together. So they rolled out this mind number crap which is essentially, it is the sort of nightmare idea of the digital ID of the future. All, every bit of your data, including your health data, including your social insurance stuff, including everything the government has on you, and now the driver's license and everything, being rolled up into this one handy-dandy number that you'll have on your card. Yay. Um, however, uh, obviously, the uh, uh, as this report points out, Japanese people are not taking this at face value. A lot of people have not signed up for it. I can attest they have been pushing this for year after year after year now for, I don't know, four or five years. Get your My Number card. It's so easy to sign up. You can get it. And still, I think maybe half of the population have ever signed up for My Number. And as you say, only 20% have uh, linked that up to their health insurance. Uh, most people do not want this. Uh, I can attest to that in my own personal experience. So it's kind of like, um, as I've pointed out before, Japan is still largely a cash-based society. Yes, electronic payments exist here, but paying by swiping a card is still not, it, it just it was never caught on. Electronic payments on your smartphone will catch on before card payments do it here anyway. But um, so we saw... We saw some reports recently. Japan makes big step towards a cashless society talking about new digital payments for salaries with the government uh, essentially uh, rubber stamping a plan to allow companies to pay people's salaries digitally directly, not going through a bank, but through like payment services like apps and things. Um, this will be a big step forward for the cashless society in Japan was the way it was reported. But actually, if you drill down into the details, again, only 30% of companies said they were going to do this. So it's not something that most people want and, uh, they will reject it. So, um, again, it's, it, this is the big fight that's going on. There is a Japan 
and they are ja planning to uh, put people in the cashless economy. But people are not going along with it willingly. Um, they are going to have to be pushed off of that precipice, and maybe they will be. But at any rate, it is going against what people want. Uh, this is this is nightmare fuel stuff. Uh, from my perspective, the integration of all this data into one government number biometric database. This, so I'll be on the front line of whatever's happening here to report on it as it's happening. On the one hand, I'm kind of reminded of, uh, again, constantly, of 9-11. The old radios that they had on 9-11, that contributed to some of the communications problems that they talked about. This scenario plays out, it seems like, in all kinds of facets of government, which helps them later go, oh, golly gee, we need more money and power and we'll totally save you next time. On the other hand, this also reminds me of something, again, they announced it maybe a decade, maybe five years ago, Real ID here in the States. The Real ID is really finally coming through, and I believe October has had some big dates as far as after such and such date, you will not be able to use your old things. You're going to have to make sure you've got your new digital biometric ready license, driver's license. And I probably talked about it on the show 10, 15 years ago. Oregon was a very early adopter of digital ID so that they were Real ID compliant a decade ago. It's other smaller poorer states like, oh, I don't know, New Mexico, West Virginia, that have been really slow to be able to actually say, we're forcing you to do this because they they like they like didn't have the backup for it. They didn't have the people. They didn't have the equipment. I think a lot of that is, is starting to come around. Maybe it'll be by 2023, 2024. Who knows, James? Our third and final story, I think, is kind of classic New World Next Week. It's that classic what? kind of story that hopefully, again, we're not only documenting the past, but hopefully forecasting the future in some ways from the conversation.com. AI art is everywhere right now, and even the experts don't really know what it'll all mean. An art prize at the Colorado State Fair was awarded last month to a work that, unbeknownst to the judges, was generated by artificial intelligence, AI. Social media have also seen an explosion of weird images generated by AI from text descriptions, such as, of course, the face of a Shiba Inu blended into the side of a loaf of bread on a kitchen bench digital art. Put it all in dog money. Or perhaps a sea otter in the style of Girl with a Pearl Earring by Vermeer. You might wonder what's going on here. Research into creative collaboration between humans and AI shows that behind the headlines and memes, a fundamental revolution is underway with profound social, artistic, economic, and technological implications. You could say this revolution began way back in June of 2020 when a company called OpenAI achieved a big breakthrough in AI with the creation of GPT-3, a system that can process and generate language in much more complex ways than earlier efforts. You can have conversations about it with any topic. You can ask it to write a research article or a story. You can ask it to summarize text, write a joke, almost any imaginable language task. In 2021, some of GPT-3's developers turned their hand to images. They trained a model on billions of pairs of images and text descriptions using it to generate new images from new descriptions. And, of course, you can imagine it just exponentially explodes, like when the gremlins jump in the swimming pool. They call this system DALI, which to me, Jay, I don't know if this is on purpose, it looks like Dolly, Wally, the weird dystopic Disney Pixar thing about a 
future hellscape where robots have to take care of all us dirty, fat humans. That's what it looks like to me. They called this system Dolly, and in July 2022, they re released a much improved version, Dolly 2. Since that launch of Dolly 2, a few competitors have emerged. One is the free to use but of a lower quality Dolly Mini, developed independently and now renamed what strikes me as the highly suable Crayon, C R A I Y O N, a popular source of meme content. And James, this is what I discovered doing the prep for this episode. So that's what all those people in my chat have been playing with these last couple of months. I would see these little images and squares go by, and I was maybe busy with something else. I don't have time to figure out what these guys are onto, but they were ahead of me. Images generated by Crayon from the prompt Darth Vader riding a tricycle outside on a sunny day. And there it is. What does it mean that you can generate any sort of visual content, image, or video with a few lines of text and the click of a button? What about when you can generate a movie script with GPT-3 and a movie animation with Dolly 2? And looking further forward, what will it mean when social media algorithms not only curate content for your feed, but generate content for your feed? What about when this trend meets the metaverse in a few years and virtual reality worlds are generated in real time just for you. These are all important questions to consider. Some speculate in the short term that this means human creativity and art are deeply threatened. James. Good call on the Dolly Wally thing. I was thinking Salvador Dolly, but uh, maybe it's a combination of references I... going on. Right. Anyway, um, yeah. Maybe it's both. Yeah. Exactly. There's a play on it, right? Um, this uh, snuck up on you. It snuck up on me, too. I'm sure it snuck up on everyone. Uh, this was this article that we're reading from was the first I saw of it. But so this was uh, just a month or, or so ago. And yeah, so suddenly AI is winning prizes. Um, AI generated art. Here you go. It wins a state prize just out of the blue. And then and then, as you say, suddenly it's everywhere. And I'm seeing all these crazy images and there's stories about it. I saw a tutorial of some guy showing you exactly, you know, this is the program, this is how you use it kind of thing. It was interesting, kind of creepy, but there it is. So I'll see if I can dig that uh, reference up and put it in the show notes for people who are interested. Um, but yes, this is this is one thing that I've, um, I've stressed a few times. Uh, I think the Ray, or is it Rowena, Ramona Kurzweil, uh, is crazy and is wrong and is uh, a maniac in a lot of ways. But I think he's probably right about one thing, which is the exponential development of technology. That it it is, it really is that sort of exponential growth where something's ridiculous, it's stupid, it doesn't work at all. Suddenly it's incredible. Like, where did this come from? And unfortunately, I think that's what we're going to be seeing a lot more of in the near future of that type of exponential growth in technologies, where suddenly this thing will come out of nowhere. And oh, yeah, that's part of our life now. Anyway, um, so there you go. We're living in the world of AI generated art. What does that mean? I guess there's a lot to be said for the art world and artists. And for example, there's now much concern and hand wringing about, well, the fact that these AI, which again, it's not a brain that's thinking about the art or anything. It is uh, a learning algorithm that is learning from millions and millions and millions of pieces of art and photographs and whatever that it, it ingests and then can regurgitate out in various forms. And so artists are saying, well, I, you know, my art is in there because it's, it's part of the thing that sucks in the, all of the, the, uh, the examples that it trains from. So it's stealing my work. And then 
it's winning the, the state fair prize and all of this, right? So this isn't, it's not fair. It's going to, I mean, what does this mean for human generated art? So there are some important philosophical issues there. But of course, as I think this audience will know, it also portends some scary things um, for what the technocrats would like to do in the future. If you want the sort of the other side of this, though, it's not all gray cloud. There is some silver lining. I would say that the technocrats are high on their own supply. They're starting to believe their own propaganda. I think they really believe that they are going to be able to create this perfect panopticon system of control run by these AI super galaxy brains and everything will be controlled down to the nth degree, which is a pipe dream. It is not possible. I do not think that the human um, the human spirit can be contained uh, in these, this digital prison ultimately, and we will win. It will be extremely messy getting there, but we will win in the end. And if you want that perspective on it, I will um, refer people back to an article that I wrote just uh, a, a few, a couple of months ago. Technocracy is insane, anti-human, and it will fail. And I do believe that, and uh, you can read through that article to find out why. Um, but anyway, it's going to be crazy and messy and insane as long as these parasitical oligarchs at the top are stewarding over this system of increasingly crazy artificial intelligence generated control i covered a story just this past week on a morning monarchy where meta facebook has basically dialed down their expectations for how many millions and millions of people are going to be in there and there's not there's maybe a quarter of a million at its peak I don't think people, I don't know, maybe that's the old man talking, but yeah, I don't think people really want it until, I suppose, like we're saying with the way the technology comes out, until it's just in your face and, oh, this is what we do now. James, storage has always been a, a, a way that people have talked about, you know, the exponential vertical curve of technology. I am propping this camera up on a lacy drive that's got, you know, whatever, like two terabytes on it. When I used to have a thumb drive that I took back and forth to the radio station in college that could hold like 128 megs on it. I think that's a pretty decent way to think about it. And that's about the same span of time in a way from when we talk about this sort of virtual reality to where it becomes a part of our life, even to the point where I've got so many, it's like, yeah, I can just put a drink on it. Maybe a way to fight back against a bit of this is, of course, something I've always been a big proponent of, and that is physical media, archive, USBs, which, of course, contain digital media. I, I get the irony of that. Archive USBs are back in stock, and really, ho, 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 you should probably just order one of everything from NewWorldNextWeek.com and make your holiday shopping matter and be done with it. James, that is New World Next Week, episode 498. We are getting up there in numbers now into our 13th year, buddy. Yeah, almost there. Or no, we're we through the 13th anniversary. We're almost yeah. at number 500. Maybe we'll have to do something special about that. Well, we'll talk about that next week. Um, but in the meantime, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I always forget until December to say, oh, yeah, it's Christmas time. You should probably buy some Christmas DVDs for your friends and family. Uh, but it's too late. It won't get there in time. So, yes, order them now and you'll probably have them by Christmas, right? Okay, so that, that's the way to do it. Anyway, thank you for uh, bringing these stories, James. I'm looking forward to talking to you again for episode 499 of New World Next Week. All right, buddy. As always, thank you so much. Take care. Yep.